Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of Movies and Us, a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about movies, stories, and connection. My name is Jennifer Hong. And I'm Sarah Callen. And today we are reviewing the film Arrested, continuing our run-up to the Oscars over the next couple of weeks. We're excited to dive into the movie Rustin today. Sarah, kick us off with an IMDb summary for this movie. Activist fired Rustin faces racism and homophobia as he helps chart nope as he helps change the course of the civil rights history by orchestrating the 1963 March on Washington. All right. And in Movies in Us tradition, let's start off with our one-sentence summaries for Rustin. Sarah, what was yours? Teamwork really does make the dream work. Yes. So good. So good. Yes. A big and important theme in this movie. And you get to see that come to full mm-hmm. fruition. So good. Um, my one-sentence summary is the spotlight is big enough for all of the trash collectors. Oh, yes. We love it. <laughs> okay. Let's start off uh, with our initial thoughts of Rustin. We won't spoil the movie in this first section, and then we will give a spoiler alert. So, Sarah, I am intrigued your thoughts about Rustin and what this movie is doing. Yeah, I had a great time with this movie. Uh, I think that... Uh, I just, I had so much fun learning about this historical figure that I had never heard of before uh, and who was so important to the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. And it was just so cool to see this this movie centering on him. Uh, and Coleman Domingo does a fantastic job as, as Rustin. And I think he does a great job of kind of embodying all of these uh, different aspects of Rustin. You know, he he was a complex individual, but I just, I love how this this film is so focused on the, the team and the amount of people that put this march on and helped organize this march. And I feel like when I was taught about it in school, it was all about MLK and, and, of course, he deserves accolades and credit and everything for what he did. But I love that this is a peek behind the curtain and, and showing us the hundreds and hundreds of people who helped make this possible. And it's fun to see a movie like that. So, yeah, I I had a great time with this. Yeah, this is such a solid biopic. And I feel like sometimes biopics can be really hit or miss. Um, there's... Some that just like are, are just truly just going through the person's life and kind of putting to the screen the bigger events that have happened. But I actually think that Snoopy has quite a bit to say about a lot of different topics, a lot of different themes that are universal beyond just the story. But also, man, I just love that like the narrative is being rewritten about this major event in U.S. history to showcase everybody that contributed to uh, the movement and specifically this pinnacle event and shift in the movement. Um, man, we, I mean, we love a hero's journey. We love a hero's story, but you're so right. Like we, there's so many people that are missing from the narrative here. Um, I didn't know about Bayard Rested before watching this movie and to see just how pivotal he was and how much 
um, a lot of the people that were part of this uh, process recognized the partnership between the two of them. I'm like, man, like, why did we learn about these together, these men together that uh, partnered to put this on, you know? And it was neat to see particularly the ways that they used their unique giftings and superpowers to uh, leverage their strengths well. And I feel like they were the perfect complement to each other, similar in a lot of ways, but you see kind of the the differences in the like operational side of this versus the like um, the oratory side of this. And uh, all of that I thought was really, really neat. There's some just really great themes in this. So I, I ate it up. It was great. It was really good. Coleman Domingo, my gosh, makes this movie sing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie does not work as well without his charisma and you feel how much he is a center of gravity. Like I just wanted to spend more time with him in all of his different sides of his life. You know, his him in front of a crowd versus him kind of by himself or alone or with his with a close friend. Like all of that was so interesting to see this, this big personality and all of the many colorful sides of him. So, um, man, he really he, – he makes this movie – shine and i'm so happy that he got an oscar nomination for this like i i didn't expect it you know i was so impressed with his performance and i was like yes he makes this movie but i didn't i didn't believe that the academy was gonna recognize it because like we talked about in our uh, nominations episode 2023 was such a solid year for movies um and I'm just, I'm happy that they are acknowledging his tremendous work in this movie because he's, he did great and he is, he is the anchor for this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He really is the like cent- centrifugal force of this movie and we are just in his orbit. And I feel like that, that the movie captured that charisma that he had and you see it in a couple of scenes where he's just able to, to get people to go along with whatever mood or energy or vision that he has in that moment. And they just like gravitate towards him. And I too, on the other side of the screen and gravitating towards him. So I I really appreciated how we got to see that like in the movie, but we also just got to like feel that throughout the movie. So yeah, he really makes this movie uh, sing. And for all the people that are upset that Leo got snubbed for best actor. I just want to say that I think you are objectively wrong because mm-hmm. this performance is just so multifaceted and multidimensional. Not that Leo's isn't, but I think he he really brings in a way that um Leo Leo does what he needs to do in Killers of the Flower Moon, but Coleman Domingo really takes this character and brings it to the next level. Yeah, he is so charming and there's so many moments but like one of my favorites is when he is at uh dr king's house and he's with coretta and the kids and Mm -hmm. they just start singing together and and just like dancing and singing around the house and it's just that type of infectious joy that he carries and and coleman domingo is so effective in those moments but Rustin isn't a caricature, but he is this three-dimensional character who's grappling with so many things. And you see 
Coleman Domingo's performance is so powerful in bringing all of those things to the front. And we can see those moments when Rustin is really struggling or when he's really angry and he's having to fight or those times when he is very joyful or he's he's operating in his strengths, like you mentioned, and, and bringing people together. And so this role requires so much from the actor and Coleman Domingo delivered for the entire runtime. Oh, yeah, he really does. I was like upset when the movie was over because I'm like, no, but I want to spend more time. I just want to hang out with you. Yeah. Let's go to lunch. Yeah. Let's go hang out. Let's go walk in the park, you know, and just to just to be in his orbit and his presence. And like that is the level of charisma that he has. And you you can see the other characters in his orbit really have that same sense of like awe and respect and and just excitement getting to be in his presence gravitational mm-hmm. pull man he's like yes. and we are all just little baby planets in his orbit and really love that well and it's so cool that he has that charisma and he's not the one on stage you know i i feel like often we see really really charismatic people who are like the great orators that people want to follow. And and Rustin can do that stuff, but you see that his strengths really are in organizing and he's figured out how to use that charisma to not just get people to be like inspired by the words, but but get them to be moving and acting strategically to accomplish something. And so I don't know, it's it's so cool to see him in that spot and and understanding that he doesn't have to use his charisma maybe the way that some others do, but he can use all of his unique strengths together to inspire people and, and give what he needed to give for this, this movement. And I, I don't know, it's, it's so wild to me that he was so instrumental in the civil rights movement and I had never heard of him before. Uh, yeah, and so I'm just really glad that this movie exists, and we can mm-hmm. learn about who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a kind of like running thought throughout this entire movie that I had as well. That probably was distracting, but like in the best way. I'm just like, I can't believe we didn't learn about these people and and the amount of like planning and effort that also went into creating this. Like, I really appreciated that aspect of this movie which you see Rustin shine in with his skill sets, but like it's a process movie in a lot of ways. Like we are seeing every detail considered thought through and so intentionally designed to make this the event that they believe it needs to be. And they're constantly thinking about um, how to make people feel like they're taken care of. There's water, there's bathrooms, there's their strategic placement of the speakers, you know, like how are people getting to and from just all of those logistical details. And then even the consideration with um, having a lot of the, the black cops that were there to help man the event and uh, kind of ensure that there's peace, like the, the optics of them not like leaving their weapons and not bringing them there, like all of those details so carefully considered and the training that went into, uh, you know, ensuring that they are calm and that they are not ignited um, in those moments. I just thought like the movie did a great job 
showcasing all of the behind the scenes that come from this. Because what we get in our history textbooks is the famous speech, the photos of the large event, and you're like, and and then maybe some of the aftermath um, of the impacts from it. But to logistically think about how you get 200,000 people inspired and activated to come and then to not have this turn into utter chaos is like no small feat. And you see the way that Reston is like sharing that dream with people and that vision at the beginning of the film. And they're all like, that's insane. You're crazy. And so in a lot of ways, this movie also feels like such a celebration of dreamers, but also doers. And he has that great line that I absolutely like love because mm, so good around like inspiration without action is just a little bit empty. And, and you see him really live that out, which I really just, I loved. I love that so much. And I, I really appreciate that he knows when it's time to dream and he knows when it's time to act. So there's, there's a scene early in the film where he gathers a bunch of young activists together and they are just dreaming about what this could be. And, and, and somebody starts to like put logistics to it and Rustin stops them because it wasn't time for that. They're, they were just in the ideation phase and they were, they were dreaming together collaboratively collaboratively, which that alone is a skill. But then he he is able with these young activists to take those dreams and start implementing them when it's the right time. And I think that that also takes a lot of wisdom because when you have an idea, it can be easy to either start like putting limitations on it right away um, or you like immediately start doing and, and, and don't have that like expansive time to like breathe and dream and that itself is valuable. So I like that the movie really takes you through all of the planning process, even starting with those big audacious dreams and the final the final result didn't look like how those dreams started, but it actually happened and it it was just incredible to see that full process that they went through with this march. Uh it was, it was just so fun. I, I loved it. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. Uh, I will, we'll include a spoiler here. If you haven't seen Reston yet, we recommend checking it out. It's available on Netflix. So uh, we recommend continuing to listen to the episode after you've gotten a chance to watch the rest of this movie so that we can dive in fully into all the details. No, I, and I love how there's a, there's a great like setup and payoff with that concept of like, how do you dream, but then also know to compromise where um, in that earlier scene, they're talking about like wanting to have like them all joining hands and singing around, um, around the memorial. Right. And, and it was one of the, the, I think one of the woman's ideas and they just get so excited about it and they have to make that trade off later on. But I love that there's a, a short little moment where you see I forget what her name is, but she is singing. Um, And like, it felt like such a nod to like, we are not all surrounding the building singing, but like that vision is still here to bring music and song and words to this place. They still did that. Like you mentioned, it looked different from what they envisioned, but that compromise was made for like a logistical purpose, but the vision is still fully come to life and there's there's kind of a wide shot where you get to see her voice just like emanating over 
the space and the crowds of people. And I just felt like that was the vision come to life. Slightly different, but still come to life. And I love that series of like the dream, the compromises, and then the final coming to fruition and still the same spirit of that original dream is very much present. That was really cool. Those little nods. And there's that one moment in the the middle of the film, you know, Rustin and and all of the the leaders of all the various organizations meet together. And it's basically decided that this two-day event with tents is just not going to happen. Um, and Rustin is in there with the group and he is fighting as hard as he can. He's like, no, this is the vision. This is what we want to do. This is going to be powerful, but it's just not feasible. And so then in the next scene, Rustin has to go in with these young activists and break the news to them and still inspire them to what this is actually going to be and and what the reality could be. And I just thought that that was such a great moment of leadership. There's so many good leadership moments in this movie, but like that one in particular where he doesn't agree with the choice that was made, but instead of you know, complaining about it or, mm-hmm. you know, he, he understands the influence that he has. And so he stewards that well to not hurt the march and not hurt the movement. And I, I just, I loved that, that he was willing to put his own feelings aside and his own opinions aside for the greater good of this movement so that he could get all of the young activists moving in this new direction. Yeah, that scene was so great. And he kind of calls them back to like, what are we ultimately about? We're about this mission. If we can accomplish it in this way, like that is our ultimate success. But I I, I just, I mean, it's, it's hard because I think um, it's challenging to know when to stick to your vision and hold to your guns, right? And fight for what you believe is right or what you you've dreamed something to be and then to know when to compromise. And I feel like it can be easy sometimes, especially when something's so close to you and that you've literally birthed into existence to be so passionate about it looking the way that you thought it was going to. And the reality is often that there's so many trade-offs that we make in what actually is the final product from where we envisioned it. And I'm sure like every artist, creator, writer, like everyone who is like birth an idea and like into the world can, can attest to like how many trade-offs that are just so unexpected that you run into along the way and to know when to let go of things and to compromise for the sake of the vision. Um, the ultimate mission coming to life is really, really quite challenging because you see the way he, chooses in certain moments to like stick to what he believes is right. And then the moments where he, he knows how to compromise and that judgment call can be really challenging. Um, and it's, and I get, think it gets harder when you feel so passionately about something and you've dreamed it into existence. That can be extra hard because it feels like you are compromising on what you originally, originally wanted. So that like wisdom to know how to compromise well and to do it so gracefully Mm-hmm. And I, I love that the movie shows just how many people were involved in this and, and how many uh, organizations and different agendas were involved. You know, you have the NAACP, you have uh, SNCC, you have all of these other organizations who all have, they're all working towards civil rights, but 
they're all doing it a little bit differently. And so you have all of these different missions, all of these competing personalities under this larger mission. And so I like how the movie shows just how difficult this was. And, and I mean, honestly, like it's near impossible and it's kind of a miracle that this even happened given everything that they were facing externally, but also the divisions internally. And somehow they were able to come together and find those places of compromise in order to accomplish this this incredible march that actually led to changes in the world. So I, I thought that that was so smart to show just how many organizations were involved and, and all with competing interests and ideas, and yet they were able to come together and compromise. I love that part of this movie because I think that that is so true to life. And I think it, it adds a lot more depth to this film um, that we're not just fighting, you know, the big bad uh, government systems and the white people, right? But there's there's strife and then turmoil and challenges internally within us as well, even though we're all, we're all dedicated to the same mission. And I feel like that adds a lot more complexity and nuance to to what actually goes down with being able to accomplish something as big and large and, and impactful as this is you don't always agree. And sometimes you like fight internally, even though you care about the same things, you know, because you have a different way of accomplishing it or there's internal politics or there's relational beef with each other, you know, just like all of the human stuff that gets in the way. But I really love that this movie showcased all of that. I think had they simplified that, this would have been a much more vanilla version of accomplishing such a Herculean task to organize this march. But we get all of the nitty gritty like internal debates and this movie doesn't shy away from any of that. And I really appreciate all of those scenes where we see them like debating with each other and sometimes making jabs at each other uh, because of, you know, all the human stuff. Because that's that's so real. We we deal with that in teams and it's not all smooth sailing. So I appreciate that the foes in this movie weren't just the government systems, the establishment, all of the like white oppressors and whatnot. I mean, we get those moments, but I appreciate that there's also this very real showcasing of eternal strife that can also tank a mission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it so human and so relatable. You know, if you, if you've worked on a team before, you understand this dynamic uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> on a smaller scale, most likely, but we all know what it's like to be on a team where, where things don't always go the way that you want them to. So I just, I love how, how detailed this movie is, you know, showing us all of those moments. And then also the, these moments of internal strife are sometimes combated with like details and strategy. And, and I loved that moment when they're all around the table and the congressman is like, Hey, Rustin, 
uh, would you fire a person for doing all of these things? And then Rustin is like, (laughs) well, I would, unless that person is me. And then all of these younger activists just go around the table talking about latrines and water and and police and uh, trains and buses and transportation and all of these things. And so I love that like his and his team's competence and planning is is the rebuttal to that to that internal strife and like that shuts that congressman up because you can't come at him in that regard you know he he is the best person for that job and so i just i loved that you know it's not he's not just relying on charisma but he uses his charisma to motivate people to be strategic and put in the work and think things through and I just I love that it's so good the dopamine hit in my brain so hard during that scene I was like let's freaking go every person that's standing up is like rattling off their receipts of like how much Mm -hmm. they have accomplished and contributed and the momentum that they have And I just love that you can see how proud each of them are too of like their little piece that they're contributing and all of the like influencing that they did to secure the buses and the the trains and and the chairs and, you know, like just you see the the level of, of excitement they have for how they've put their block onto this larger wall that they're building um, together. And man, you're right. Shut him up so fast. I dopamine hit so hard. Was I was living for that scene? <laughs> yeah, it's so satisfying. Oh man, it's it is the best though. Like you know, right? when you're in As that team doer, meeting, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Like those moments when somebody's just like mouthing off in a meeting and like making all kinds of statements and there's no facts and you have the receipts. Ugh, it's so satisfying. (laughs) You're like, like, let's, yeah, you've just invited a tidal wave. Let me, let me unleash it all on you. Let's go. And I, I loved that that scene, like Rustin doesn't say that, you know, like he, he and the way that he says it is so is so cute too you know like ma rustin told me never to like brag or whatever um it was so cute the way that he he did that so again it's this like character moment of he knows what's going on he knows that he's thought that they have thought this through yeah but he's not going to take all the credit himself because it wasn't just him doing it it was the team and so he wants to get the team in on this and show that they are really like an army of people who are who are making the impossible happen and I thought that that was such a good character moment while also revealing to us as the audience all of the work and all of the details that went into this. So it was just such an effective scene on so many different levels. Mm, yeah, no, that's so true. And one one other detail around about him and who he is as a person that I really loved that I'm I'm assuming the movie has represented accurately for who he was in real life is just how much he he can combat these like tense argumentative moments with humor and with um uh, silliness and lightheartedness while still getting his point across because I feel like some of these moments are real tense and you can easily like come at it with such aggression and fight 
it in that way. But there's so many moments where he'll like come at you in, in the most like, like pointed way, but he does it with a smile. He does it with humor that really diffuses the tension in the room. Um, and there's so many moments like that in this movie. So uh, I just really appreciated that about like who he was as a person because we get a lot of aggressive people fighting all the time in these these like arenas of you know political leaders and and community organizers that can get heated and I love how much he is able to diffuse so many of those situations that could easily just like fire fueling fire but he he's able to kind of bring in um a lightheartedness that still he doesn't back down like he's not he's not um conceding but he is diffusing which I thought was really really great that was showcased in the movie Mm-hmm. And that that uh, emotional awareness and that that ability to read people to know how to respond in in situations because sometimes he so like in the early on in the film in that in that party you know they're having a party in one room and they're having that really really tense conversation in the kitchen and and he steps up. And he diffuses the situation by putting his body on the line before a fight breaks out, you know, and then in other moments in so like in the the boardroom meetings and a lot of the meetings with Chris Rock, he uses humor and he also knows when to walk away. And I just I love how this movie it's not that long of a movie, but you're able to see Rustin in so many different scenarios and you're able to learn so much about this character at every turn. And and it's it's pretty well structured, I would say, especially for exploring this character and getting to see all of these different facets of of how he led and and how he lived his life. Oh yeah, I definitely had that thought after this movie ended that I can't believe this was an hour and forty nine minutes, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, definitely, definitely less than two. And I feel like I've got I got a full meal. Like I feel like I got more than the typical um, one hour and forty nine minute experience. Like it, there's just so, it's so so rich and. Um, there are movies, the biopics, especially that's something like two hours and a half. And you're like, I still didn't get enough. Like I'm still hungry for more to chew on and more to sink into. Uh, but this, this is a full experience because it really does cover a ton of ground. We get the full process of organizing this march. We get a whole friendship uh, arc, reconciliation arc. We get his personal love relationships and then we get so many like little details around the people that are in his orbit as well. Like full meal, man, full meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that all of these pieces are intertwined together. You know, I feel like sometimes in, in movies you can have these, these different parts, but they never intersect with one another. But as he is working toward this march. All of these other threads of his life are also intertwined with the march. You know, he can't do this without reconciling with Dr. King. You know, he can't uh, do this without all of the other leaders of this organization. He can't uh, do this without running into other men that he is romantically interested in like it's all this interesting hodgepodge together and and I think that's one of the things that makes this 
work so well is that they are all intertwined together. So you're, as you're making progress on the march, you're also exploring some of these other themes and you're learning more about his character all at once. And so in, in that regard, it was so efficient. Uh, we learned so much so quickly and so effectively. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. They, they scoped this really well. They um, really chose the right like period of time and start and end um, and not didn't, didn't like scope creep too much. One of the pacing things that I thought they did really well was um, that we don't really get much of MLK and, and any of that reconciliation until like an hour into the movie. And I really, I appreciate how much um, while MLK as a character is definitely a presence in this film. Um, I appreciate that they, they, they allow Rustin to have the space to breathe and to not infuse a ton of um, the MLK storyline and even the little detail of not including um, the I have a dream segment, but cutting to a later part of his speech. Like I just really appreciate how much they scale back a lot of MLK-ness of this and really allow Rustin to be the center of the story and for us to feel fully invested in him. Um, their friendship and that reconciliation is a big part of this movie, but I feel like it comes late enough that like we are fully invested in who Rustin is and it's not about their partnership together to make this thing happen. Um, so I really like appreciate how much they, from a balance perspective, were able to um, scale back some pieces of the MLK bits and really scale up and allow Rustin as a character and what he does to have enough room to breathe and to really like take take the, the space that that he deserves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It shows the the partnership between these two men and how they they complement each other so well, but they do enough so that MLK doesn't overshadow him, which is, again, really impressive because everyone has heard of Dr. King and fewer people have heard of Rustin. Um, and so that is that is so smart, the way that they did that, so that we remain focused on who the main character is and don't get distracted by who we already knew. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, even... Even the performance um, for MLK and that character, I feel like um, they they cast them. They brought the right level of of when to give him the like the moments to to shine and be that charismatic leader. Like we don't often see a lot of those moments until the actual march, and I thought that was really smart. So it really it really can like highlight the the main storyline and the main person that we are in the orbit of. Um, just good. I, I really appreciate that detail because um, this could have, even just for like, like marketing purposes, like accessibility to audiences or willingness to watch, they could have positioned this to be a lot more around the partnership. And we get the Rustin piece, but we also get a lot of the MLK piece. But I really appreciate that the movie really does put Rustin on center stage and give him the spotlight that he deserves, fully focused on him. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so cool. I think this is one of those examples of the the power of a movie, you know, as yeah. as our our history books are obviously inadequate and and there's contention 
over what goes in the history books and what is taught about our history, particularly when it comes to things like civil rights. And so I love that a movie like this is able to educate us on somebody who was so pivotal to this this movement and and pivotal to advancing civil rights that I mean I had never heard of before. So it's I, I think this is another example of the power of storytelling and the power of movies and and people using uh, their their influence mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think a lot of important people like funded, backed, produced this movie to mm-hmm. bring it to market. So, um, yeah. yeah, really, really, really great stuff. And again, Netflix using its powers for good. We love to celebrate Netflix when we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. the Obamas are actually producers yeah. of this. Yeah. This is running through their production company, which I think is also higher ground. so cool. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, just... I, I feel like, you know, former presidents are often, you know, they they do the the presidential stuff. You know, they they kind of get out of the limelight a little bit, but they they get their libraries and they still like help out in politics when they can. But they they typically stay in the political realm. And I love that the Obamas understand the power of stories and the power of media and entertainment and are are using their money and their influence to help bring these stories to life and bring these stories to the masses and i think that that is that's so important and it just it shows that awareness of how everything works together so i'm i'm always excited when i see that it's it's one of their films yeah. i'm like ooh what am i going to learn this time i'm i'm so I'm so excited to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just the recognition that like for this larger mission, there are multiple fronts that we push forward on. There's fighting in the political arena and, and advocating for uh, policy changes. There's, there's community organizing, but like the, the front of being in people's homes on their TVs and and telling stories about people that really fought for these important rights and and especially the ones that have been forgotten by history like that is a a important battleground to to fight in for awareness and exposure and understanding and building empathy in people like you're in people's homes you know it's like <laughs> the the same concept of the fireside chats like if you can get into people's worlds and and bring them along for the journey and and get them around a personality and a character that is larger than life that they too fall in love with it really breaks down a lot of those barriers of um stereotypes and and misunderstandings that we have of each other and and it, it's it's important i mean the power of stories like you mentioned is is potent and we are harnessing it very well. It's very good. I'm especially pleased that, I mean, no surprise, I mean, this is great for Netflix too, but they have a whole section for like Academy Award nominated movies um, in their homepage now. And I'm just excited for like people to discover this movie through that channel because the Academy nominated it, you know, like I, I wonder how many people would have discovered uh, this movie had it not gotten nominated and then it wasn't a new release and it kind of gets buried in the millions of other things that you can watch on Netflix. But that like 
bringing up to that level and awareness right on people's home. They might click on it. They might start the movie. You know, the, the discoverability is really great. Yeah. Yeah. I would be so interested to see the data on uh number of watches before the nomination and then number of watches after the nomination uh, and see how those, how that nomination spiked uh, watches and views. Cause even like online when, when the nominations were announced, obviously the entire world freaked out about Barbie. Uh, but it was so cool to like find other film people and be like, Oh my gosh. But like Coleman Domingo <laughs> and we could all be excited about this nomination. So I'm, I'm excited to see more people talking about it and, and I'm seeing more buzz online of people actually watching Rustin. And so I just, I celebrate every time I see that. Cause I think this is, this is such an important movie uh, and, and covers that part of history that maybe is, is lesser known to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. I mean, to to follow up on the point we're making earlier, like it's amazing that this movie got made and was funded with all its resources and it made well. And then the real impact is when people actually watch said movie, you know, like to actually put this in front of people and, and have it available and have people experience uh, this story and go along this character. Like that's the real impact ultimately is that people actually are watching. Not just, I mean, it's great that it's created. It's awesome. We need to celebrate that too. But like getting in front of people that experience it is, is where the real impact is. So I appreciate just the the like marketing side of what both Netflix and the Academy have done for this movie. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I like that this movie isn't just – this like historical drama or, you know, your, your typical biopic. I mean, obviously it is cause it's following his life, but there's so much goodness in here just about, about leadership and collaboration and, and dreaming together and doing impossible things together. You know, like, I feel like there's so many little life lessons woven throughout this. And one of my favorite moments that I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of the best depictions of leadership that I've seen in a movie in quite a while is after the march all of the bigwigs are like yo we got a we got a meeting at the at the white house we're going to meet the president rustin you should come with us and rustin instead stays around to pick up trash and you see all of the young activists there just kind of like watching him and and there's almost this like sense of awe that instead of going and and doing the big thing and taking all of the credit he is staying behind to serve and and be with his team in the trenches like he has been for the entire movie and i mean there's so many points throughout the movie that i was like oh my gosh i i would follow rustin like i would love to be on a team with him but that was the moment when I was like, yes, that is how you lead a team. That is that is how you show people integrity. And that's how you show people what collaboration and teamwork actually is. So I just, I thought that that was such a, a profound and sweet moment there at the end. I don't know if that's what actually happened in real life, but it's it's such a beautiful way to end this movie. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I mean, like, even the way that this movie 
ends with that moment as the camera is like zooming out you're like the work actually isn't done yet until we clean all this shit up you know like (laughs) the very real logistical parts of you know the what we see in our history books and what's broadcast on tv and all the stuff is like the moment where the crowds are there but he recognizes that there's still work to be done and his team still has work to do and all of the volunteers and he's willing to come alongside them and and like truly finish the task to fruition instead of like the big moments over therefore like okay my work here is done no like we're gonna see this fully to fruition and just the the like logistics of the unsexy parts of of putting on an event like this and and creating this type of impact is the logistical details like that that he is willing to do and not just the big moments leading up to it and the exciting stuff you know like even the the mundane, important work of cleaning up, which usually is when everyone leaves, you know, like it's usually when you're like, yeah. oh, it's late. I got to go. I got something else to do. Um, the big thing is done. We've, we've been successful, like check actually, you know, there's still, there's still the people that will faithfully stay till the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do wonder, like, obviously I think that that's part of Rustin's character, you know, that he's, he's willing to do that. But I also wonder how much of that is also motivated by just the, um, the combative relationship between their group and all the powers that be. And maybe like knowing that the government and the the agency that oversaw them all probably Mm -hmm. wasn't going to do any cleanup. And if, that wasn't cleaned up, then that would be a news story that would take away from all that they accomplished in the march and would be disparaging to the movement. So I wonder if there was also that like understanding the times like, yes, you accomplished this big thing and they're going to go meet with the president and, and progress was made, but also understanding that if you get a negative news story in the midst of it all, it could tank the entire thing. So I, I wonder if it's like mix of humility mm. and also strategy at the same time. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. And he's got such a like uh, an instinct and an intuition around that as well that you see throughout like like the optics of the event and the places that the media can take advantage of. And like a lot of that I'm sure is from personal experience of, of his own life being exploited by the powers that be and that risk always looming over him. Like he is also so in tune with and aware of how to ensure that this is truly positive for the movement and not, you know, something being used for twisting the narrative again it's so interesting because I feel like um, the last few movies that we've reviewed, I mean, it's it's the nature of storytelling in general, but I've been like really focused on this theme around the narrative. And, I, and a lot of this movie is like rewriting, reframing, expanding the narrative. But even at a meta level, like within the movie, they're constantly thinking about how how do we want this to be told to the masses? What how do we we really affect the change that we want to see and not let this be used by the powers that be in a way that is twisted and exploitative? And they're constantly kind of thinking about that every step of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And And what an insight into all of the forces that were working against the civil rights movement and and are are still against, you know, people as as we work towards 
civil rights still. Um, but how narrative is so important and, and when coming up against like power structures and stuff, any weakness will be used to try and disparage or discredit the good work that is happening. And I, I don't know, I think it's just that understanding of, okay, this, this might not go well, and we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that it, it does go well, but some people might take it and twist it. And so trying to like think through everything and plan so thoroughly so that nothing is overlooked, nothing is missed, nothing goes badly to create bad press. Like, wow. As if there wasn't enough pressure and stress and forces working against you, you know, you need to add the media on top of all of that. It's, it's just a fascinating thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like in the film as well, you see him like grapple with him being associated at a like optics and, and um, media level associated with planning this event and the ways that that is also being exploited, him being a gay black man organizing and being so close to the workings of this event. And that's the whole scene with Powell, you know, that he, Powell, Senator Powell questioning, like, how will this be perceived? And for your identity to be the thing that potentially can be the, the blocker for the progress that you so um, passionately want to see, like, that's, that's a level of like, turmoil and challenge to like tease apart and navigate that I think it was fascinating for the film to showcase because like because of who he was he was also potentially having to be like ripped away from the thing that he cared most deeply about like that that is crazy and for him to be willing to commit to it and then there's a really fabulous emotional scene where MLK also defends him and 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 shares the praise that he has for Rustin on TV and how validating and, and earned that, that moment was for their friendship. I thought like all of that was working together really, really well. Um, so that like identity aspect of who he was and how it was tied to and potentially used against him for the thing that he cared most deeply about. I was like, man, that is some good character stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that also helps to shine a light on maybe one of the reasons why he isn't as widely known too. you know, this this erasure of LGBTQ plus people throughout history. And and I, I love that we do live in a time where not only, you know, black people are able to tell about American history. It's not black history. It is American history, but we're also seeing that, you know, LGBTQ plus people were so important and so instrumental to so much of the civil rights movement and, and so much of the progress that has been made for people to have equal rights in this country. So it's just great to see these stories coming to life that have been erased from maybe mainstream history for for whatever reason and and so I like that this movie doesn't shy away from that part of Rustin because that was very much who he was and and so this film really showcases all of him and celebrates all of him 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. And again, like I've been so fascinated by this idea of like expanding and, and rewriting and reframing the narratives that we've been told because it's it's what causes us to be pigeonholed and narrow-minded and and misunderstanding of other people and, and of ourselves as well as just like the stories that we tell ourselves or that we've been told. And I love how much this movie challenges and rewrites that story for us around the civil rights movement because it is it is often easier maybe to focus on like the hero's story, but it is like a gross uh, simplification of everything that is involved with it. And we we can play in the gray. We can do that. We don't need to simplify everything. We've got it. We're not in like, you know, second grade anymore. You know, like we, there's so much more to the story than we've been told. And man, so good that this exists. What else? Mm-hmm. Any other any other big things, key things that you wanted to mention with Rustin? I've got two, three things. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, I have between two and three things as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Let's spitball. You you share one. I share one. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I love about this movie is the score okay that was one of mine yes yes perfect oh, I'm, oh my, I'm so, so pleased. pleased yes <laughs> oh, um, yeah yeah oh my this gosh. score is fire it's so <gasps> good um and and one of the things that I love so this is why I said I had two two three points is because I feel like this is two of my points are tied together okay. um I I love that the score, for me, it was such a reminder of the way that Black people in particular have always used music as a form of protest. And and Mm -hmm. there's such a long history of that and using creativity uh, to to find joy in the midst of oppression, but also showing the oppression for what it is. And, And so I just, I love how strong the music was in this and and how important it was in Rustin's life too. And he was constantly playing music or singing and all of that. And so you can see that music isn't just there for entertainment, isn't just there for background noise, but is an important part of who he was and is an important part of this movement in general. Mm -hmm. And you see that through line in so many of the scenes of him in his home all the way through to the like, large massive stage of them singing on the mall um so yeah that was really great I also think just like the one the score is just so expressive of I felt like the 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 score is almost like a musical representation of what Rustin was feeling in any given moment um because it was so aligned to the feelings of triumph or longing or despair or excitement like it was so tied and then I also appreciate when like the score would be used in some of those like comedic lighter moments of Rustin just being Rustin and it would like cut away and stop at just the right moment when he delivers a line that's you know like the mic drop moment or something like that just the score was just so well executed and so perfectly timed in every given moment so um I really the the presence of the score adds, I think, a lot to this movie um, in all of the ways that we have just described. So shout out to the score. Yeah. And 
and and I think it's interesting that this movie is directed by George C. Wolfe, yes. who also directed Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, mm-hmm. which also stars Coleman Domingo and Glenn Thurman, who both give great mm-hmm. performances in that movie, too. So you can just see the importance of music in yep. George C. Wolfe's most recent movies and and this through line uh, of of the way that music has been so integral to black culture and and these important moments so i just i loved that and that we get this this awesome little group back together for this movie too which is also great so i'm just like oh when are when are we getting the band back together same time same time next week what is your next movie (laughs) right yeah 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 Some, some good stuff happening here all right um what was my thing okay so the score was one of my things. Um, the second one of my things is I really can't, I couldn't unsee the Chris Rockness of the Roy character. I'm yeah. curious about you, yeah. but like he's so distinctive in the, the way they speak. So I just, I couldn't unsee, I feel like maybe I've just watched him so much in other contexts that like all I see is that. And the mustache and the gray hair was not covering up the Chris Rockness of it all. So <laughs> that was just like a funny distraction in any scene that he's in. And he plays like a pretty significant character as far as like um, some of the the challenges and roadblocks that Russ and face along the way. But I could not see it the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. For me, there are two big misses in this movie and Chris Rock is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um what's the other one? I uh the way that the green screen of the Washington Mall looked or the National Mall looked, it was just I don't know, man. That just wasn't working for me. Okay. <laughs> I I know that this has to be done this way, but like why can't this look better? Um but it's fine there. It was still like powerful enough. Coleman Domingo was a good distraction. So like, I was not focused on that too badly, but yeah, I, I wish that they would have cast somebody other than Chris Rock in that role. I think he does a fine job, you know, like obviously like he's, he's doing the part and and he's acting and doing all of the things, but he is Chris Rock with a mustache and not that. (laughs) Yes. Oh, precisely. Yeah. Um, Okay. Another thing from your list. Oh, yes. Jen, we have to talk about some pinky rings in this movie. That was the next thing on my list. (gasps) I spotted one. Yes. I was so proud. I was so excited to bring it here for our recording session because I, usually this goes, Jen, did you notice there are a couple pinky rings and I'm usually like face in my hands, like, oh no, racking my brain. No, didn't see one. Today I bring the treasures to us. Well, I only spotted one. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's multiple. I also only spotted one. So okay. well done. You did it. You win. I mean, it's also like a close-up shot of him answering the phone with the pinky ring like in my face. But there have been very obvious pinky rings that I've also missed in the past. So that's not saying much. But yeah, it's when he's answering the phone um, in his apartment and he's wearing it on his, I think, left hand. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. Okay. So good. Yeah. He wears it all throughout the film. Um, 
Yeah, I'm so impressed. Way to go. <laughs> so I, this is very an large. important. <laughs> yeah, it's very in your face, the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, But this is a good data point for my theory. So we've been trying to like narrow down and like scope down my hypothesis. And so uh, I feel like this is good to change my hypothesis to uh, straight white men in mm. movies with pinky rings are the bad guys. Cause yeah. with, with women it's hit or miss, you know, with people of color, it's sometimes hit or miss, but with gay men, it's no, that theory does not hold. <laughs> so I feel like the hypothesis now needs to be straight white men with a mm. pinky ring are bad. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, it's interesting because a lot of the like villainous characters are like straight white men that are so classically like toxic masculinity characters mm -hmm. that are like yeah. trying to work out their feelings of inadequacy through their like violence and aggression and criminal empires, you know? So this is a very good theory. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm still thinking about the connection to like wealth and power too, um, which I, I think is also a, a component of it as well. Um, I don't know why that's the choice, but like, oh, I have wealth and power now, so I'm going to wear a pinky ring seems to kind of like be the trajectory, which is a, I don't know, it's just, it's an interesting choice. So we're going to still mm -hmm. keep working on this hypothesis and, and see what we can find out, but I'll all new data is good data. And I feel like this is a yes, great data point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because like, how am I supposed to feel good about myself if I can't show you that I am very wealthy and very bad and absolutely. very powerful, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I need a captive audience. And what better way than the flash my shiny pinky ring in your face? <laughs> mm -hmm. I, there is no other way. No. Let's be honest. <laughs> that is the only way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, was there any last things from your list? Or is this a two to three? Yeah, just very quickly. I would yeah. like to shout out um, CCH Pounder, who plays uh, uh, Dr. Hegemon. She does a great job. So it's great to see her featured in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. Also, Audra McDonald. She is a fabulous actress who has accomplished a lot and it's just great to see her also in this movie as well so there's just uh oh and Divine Joy Randolph is in this yeah. too so okay. it's great to see like this movie is obviously focused on Rustin but we see these superpower actress women also get some some prominent moments throughout this and that was just always a joy to see mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Stacked cast, man. Stacked cast. Mm hmm Yeah. All right. Well, this is our review and discussion of Rustin. You can find it available on Netflix, and we highly recommend checking it out. This is an important one to watch and a really entertaining and enjoyable one to watch as well. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Movies and Us. Our name sums it up. We're all about movies and the powerful ways we can connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. So 
Everyone is welcome here, and we're so glad that you spent time with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a rating and review, letting us know your thoughts about Reston. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at MoviesInUsPod, or you can email us at MoviesInUsPod at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss another Netflix film, May, December. We hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you next week. Thank you.